Star Wars 7x7, episode 1181. Today, a look at an increasingly well-documented 36 hours in The Force Awakens, and a little bit about a certain interesting coincidence in The Force Awakens 2. Punch it, Chewie. This is Bobby Roberts, formerly of Full of Sith, and you are listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And the increasingly well-documented 36 hours to which I'm referring in The Force Awakens has to do with the very start of the movie and continuing through to the moment where Finn and Rey and BB-8 escape Jakku. And I say increasingly well-documented because we had, of course, the movie itself, right? And then we had the novelization, okay? And then we got Forces of Destiny just recently, which detailed what it took to get BB-8 from, away from Tito and over to Ray's AT-AT to spend the night. But now we have BB-8 on the Run, which is a new book that came out on Force Friday that actually covers the time period from when BB-8 had to run away from Poe Dameron up until the time he is discovered by Rey. And I gotta say, I was rather surprised to get this one. We generally don't cover children's books on the podcast here, but this one is absolutely gorgeously illustrated, and it is a children's picture book by Drew DeWalt and Matt Myers, and... Yeah, if you've got a young kid and you a young Star Wars fan in your life, then this might be something to consider. I mean, like, really young. I mean, like, you know, three, four, five years old, like, in there. Like, way young, basically. And they do a great job of tying it into the movie itself in two particular ways. Number one, if you recall when Rey is sitting, eating her meal outside her at and she sees a ship taking off into the wild blue yonder, well... That ship is actually a droid scout ship, and that factors in to the story in BB-8 on the run. And secondly, there's a whole section with BB-8 encountering Tito, and that Tito that we see in The Force Awakens, I guess that species, they all refer to themselves as Tito, but that specific Tito has actually captured BB-8 once before. He captured him earlier in the day. But surprise, surprise, BB-8 was able to outsmart him the first time with the help of F-3ZK, a loading droid who was also captured by Tito. That nasty little Tito. Good heavens. And once they escape, Fez draws off a bunch of steel peckers to keep them away from BB-8, which is very sweet. And the whole story revolves around ethical dilemmas. Essentially, he has a really important mission to do, but should he be doing good and helping other people, as Poe Dameron has always taught him to do? And ultimately, this involves remembering where he had encountered some rations while he spent the night inside one of the downed ships in the Graveyard of Giants. And so he ends up encountering a starving family that he can bring rations back to, which is wonderful. And he also knows that there is a medical kit that he happened to see where he can use that to help a poor hapabor that has a problem with its ankle. But the point of BB-8's journey is that he's in theory trying to get off of Jakku on this droid scout ship, and Tito shows up at the scout ship, and so BB-8 returns the favor and leads Tito away from the droid scout ship so that they can all take off. And naturally he gets captured for his trouble, but it turns out that Rey hears the commotion and she comes to rescue him at that point. 
And then, of course, there's the Forces of Destiny thing where <laughs> you know, later on, that's that whole cartoon series where after she's rescued BB-8, they're trying to get home and the giant Night Watcher worm goes after them and all sorts of other troubles befall them and that sort of thing. So maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it's not the most well-documented 36 hours. Maybe it's the most well-documented 24 hours going from nighttime to nighttime in that first day of the movie itself. And, you know, it's not going to be the most well-documented series of time in the Star Wars universe for much longer because, of course, from a certain point of view, is coming out with those dozens of short stories from all different characters' points of view telling the story of Star Wars as it goes throughout the actual movie story. And I'd been wondering why Boba Fett is actually having anything to do with this since John Hamm is famously doing the Boba Fett story. And of course, you know, I'd said, why not Tamura Morrison? Other folks are saying, why not Daniel Logan? Since Daniel Logan did the voice of Boba Fett for the Clone Wars. So yeah, there's all that other stuff. But I was thinking to myself, why Boba Fett? Why Boba Fett? He had nothing to do with Star Wars. And then, of course, I had to remember that Boba Fett appears in the special edition. That's why he has a voice in those proceedings. So I went looking for Easter eggs in this BB-8 on the run thing as well, because there is at least one place where some Arabesh thing shows up. It's on a box in the ship where BB-8 spends the night. And I got the translation in... (laughs) You know, it wasn't the kind of Easter egg I was hoping for, I guess. Um, I guess I should have figured that it was going to be something like this because there's a picture of a worm on the package. It says worm oil. So not exactly super revealing about anything in the sequel trilogy or anything like that. Anyway, it's a fun little read. And yeah, you know, put it in its place. Like it's a picture book. It's for little kids. But the paintings are beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you'll appreciate it for that alone. And Actually, as it turns out, this story got me thinking about something that's a little fishy about The Force Awakens coincidence-wise, and I'm going to share that with you here, so hang on just a moment. Hey Rebel Rouser, The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, SW7X7.com. 7.com slash TFA. Welcome back. So when you look at the history of children who are separated from their parents in Star Wars movies, what you notice is that there is always somebody watching over them in various degrees of involvement, right? So you've got Anakin separated from his mother and he's going through Jedi training. So Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are part of this, right? And so they have some involvement in his life. You have Leia, who is passed on to Bale and Brea Organa and becomes their adopted daughter and lives a very meaningful life with them to the point where even though she's adopted, she's actually ascending to be the rightful heir to the throne of Alderaan. And then you have Luke Skywalker, who is not nearly as well watched over, as closely watched over, I guess I should say, because certainly Ben Kenobi does a great job. He manages to live long enough to do what he's supposed to do, so everything works out in that way as well. Rey, however, is delivered to Unkar Plutt, of all people? Something seems fishy about this. And so I started asking myself, well... Who 
on Jakku is a benevolent force who might be potentially watching over Rey. And there's really only one answer to that, and that's Lorsan Tekka, who's off in the village of Tuanel, which is certainly not really close by to where Rey is, so it's hard to think that he could actually have been keeping an active eye on her. But then again, Obi-Wan wasn't keeping an active eye on Luke. He wasn't watching him 24 hours a day, seven days a week or anything like that. He was just nearby meditating and trying to sense if there was any danger around. But Lorsan Tekka is not Force-sensitive, at least. I believe it's been said in other venues that that's the case. So... If you were really keeping tabs on Ray, he would have to be doing it in a different fashion. And, of course, there's a whole village there who could have been keeping tabs on Ray as well. I don't know. It just seemed like it was pushing the bounds of coincidence that someone as familiar with the Organa family as Lorsan Tekka, who will always consider her royalty and who's carrying around a piece of a map to Luke Skywalker, isn't it straining coincidence that he happens to be on the same planet where Ray is? Hmm. And hey, we also know that Lorsan Tekka is quite the galactic traveler, or was at one point, so wouldn't it be interesting to find out that the ship we see flying away while Ray, a little Ray in the clutches of Unkar Plett, is yelling, come back, come back, wouldn't it be interesting if Lorsan Tekka is at the controls of that ship? Just something to ponder on a middle of your work week Wednesday. And that is going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get set up for your attack run, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not three marks at 210, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.